Hey, want to jump in here and just bring back up episode 250, Toys for Tots campaign put together by Seller Labs. It is such a great opportunity. I was with the seller on Friday. Uh, their team is working on it. I'm very, very excited. This is a chance for you to use the skills that you personally have developed. You've got sourcing muscles. Not many other people have it. And this is a chance where we can take and use our skills to help those less fortunate. All the information's on episode 250. Such a great cause. Give back, give back, give back this time of year. Thanks. Profit because I should have blocked one. Wasn't paying attention, so please do. Let me tell you about a couple sponsors. Um, you know, Scope from Seller Labs. If you're not using it to even just to take your wholesale accounts, of course you got to use it for private label, right? You need to understand the keyword. You want to understand a keyword. Go look at your competitors, get their keywords, and then use them. That's smart business, right? Because they already have proven that proof of concept. But take the same approach to your wholesale accounts. Make sure that those keywords are in there. If not, upload those changes. Many times you can't, but many times you can't. Take advantage. Scope from Seller Labs. Go to sellerlabs.com slash scope. Use the code word momentum. Save a few bucks. Get a few keywords. Get your listings found. Got to find that keyword and scope will be the product that will help you there. Solutions for e-commerce. Karen Locker, you know, again, you hear me talk about her because she is my account manager. She's been doing a great job. Again, I had some stranded listings and I noticed them down there on the bottom right-hand corner. They're gone. I look back and they're gone and I see stuff submitted. I see stuff returned. It's such a great process because I don't have to pay attention to that. I can pay attention to the other parts of our business. Solutions for e-commerce slash momentum will save you 50 bucks. Lowest price she offers and you still get the inventory health report. Take a look at it. Get set up for 2018 now. Tell Karen I sent you. When you're thinking about um, Q4 lists and I hope you don't use them just Q4. I hope you use them all year long. Again, you want to learn how to fish, right? And so the best thing to do when you're buying a list is look at what they're doing and how they're doing it and then figure that out on your own. That's the approach that Gay Lisby uses in her million-dollar arbitrage list. It is closed for the rest of this year. However, I have asked them and they have said they would do it. If there's an opening, they will pull from the wait list. Okay, so I have the link out on my uh, site on this episode that'll have a, uh, a link that'll take you right onto the wait list. So get on the wait list if there's something that you're interested. Remember, she's going to give you a seven-day free trial, so there's nothing to lose. But then once you get in there, take advantage. Learn how to fish, right? Sharpen your tool, you know, sharpen your skills, I guess is the right phrase I should use. Okay, so again, I have that link out on this episode, so jump out there and get on that list. You know, GoDaddy, and uh, Grasshopper are both national sponsors of the show. I'm very fortunate. Um, I have a third one coming on in February. I'm very excited about that. But GoDaddy, I use them uh, just with somebody who had a great idea for an uh, uh, for a domain, and I'm like, use my link, save thirty percent. Thirty percent. Yes, they pay me. We all know that. However, thirty percent's real. I use it myself because I want to save the thirty percent. So it's trygodaddy.com and slash momentum. Right, try GoDaddy.com slash momentum and you're gonna save thirty percent. Grasshopper's the same deal. Try grasshopper.com slash momentum and you're gonna save fifty bucks. Um, I saw somebody else just signed up for it. The service makes you a professional. All of a sudden your business has a phone number, has a vanity phone number. You can kind of create your own one if it's available. 
but you don't need a second phone. And I think that's the big thing. It's not Google Voice, which is choppy. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. This is professional stuff. Press one for customer service. Press two for my Amazon account manager, which would go to Karen's team. I mean, this is a great opportunity. So it's trygrasshopper.com slash momentum. Save 50 bucks. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 258, Torin Bellavance. Man, what a great story uh, that Torin has. Uh, I just appreciate um, I appreciate the choices. I think everybody has to make choices in their lives. And I get so inspired when I see a young guy who makes really good choices for his life, for his family, for everyone. That's the key. And I hope and I well, I guess I can say that I'm seeing more and more people do it. And this unbelievable business of Amazon and e-commerce and eBay and merch or Amazon and Etsy. And I just saw somebody else killing it with Etsy. This is allowing us, it's allowing the ordinary guy to break free and start a business without having to go millions of dollars in debt, without having to go get financing, without having to go get underwritten and go and beg and plead and get rejected. You don't have to do that. And Torrance a great example of what can be. Now, understand, he was almost forced, but he played his cards. It wasn't like he, I mean, he had the choice. That's the key. You all have a choice, so get there, and he explains how he does that. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. Very excited about today's guest, um, as he is an example of life changing outside of your control um, and then making choices based on it, and I think that's such a powerful thing for a young guy, and he's young relative to me. Uh, I think I have a son older than him, um, and I just think that that perspective that uh Torin, and I'll introduce Torin Bellavance, um, offers, I think is so important for everyone today. So welcome, Torin. Hey, Stephen. How are you, man? I'm good. Yeah, you are good, aren't you? I'm all right. That's a pretty cool thing to say, because last time you and I chatted, which I think we were in Providence, wasn't it? No, we were in Denver. Oh, my God. This is how crazy my life is. I have no clue where I am. I mean, I, literally, you know, I think I have three Vegas trips already booked for this coming year. It's crazy. Um, okay, so we were in Denver, and we were talking about, um, I, I guess it's just a kind of a crazy situation you were in, right? I mean, it, you think about today, companies today, it's so hard to find talent right? I mean, the unemployment rate is so low. So when you find talent, you have to do everything to hold on to them, right? I mean, it's just so challenging to keep good people. And yet, you're working for kind of an an unusual company. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, that's a pretty nice way of saying it. Um, <laughs> a little polite, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I was working in... Um, electronics recycling and IT asset resale for, uh, it would be seven years, I think today, but I left a couple months ago. Um, and very small company. I was there pretty much from the inception and, uh, we were kind of like a family, so it was a sad end, but, um, it was, uh, a choice that at a point I knew that I had to make, um, things got a little rough and, um, 
we'll just say it, it wasn't once it wasn't what it what it once was and uh it, it became um sort of a negative place to work and i really didn't need that in my life especially um after you know selling on amazon for three years and having established myself there i didn't need the income either so um i made the choice and i do not regret it for a second <laughs> you know it's funny when you get into that position where you have i don't want to it's not pc to say but kind of f you month right i mean it's you have a b plan let's say the professional way right for you to have a b plan i mean first off how many of your friends have a side hustle that generate the kind of revenue you were generating right um how many of them have a true B plan in their life? In my life, very, very few. Now, generationally, your generation's more likely to have than mine. But in, in, in thinking about your circle of friends, how many of them have a real B plan in case so they could walk away? I think I've got more friends with no A plan than I do with a B plan. Really? They're just yeah. running in circles? Yeah. I mean, um, either you know, not focused in a career or not in a career at all and just kind of uh, meandering through life. Floating. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean I've, got, I've got friends that sell on Amazon, but a lot of them, that's their, that's their A plan. They don't have a, a job um, or they left their job long ago. Um, it's, it's a nice, comfortable place to be, and I think that's why I, I had such a problem leaving was because I'd grown very accustomed to the two incomes, and that felt like a very safe place to be because I knew that regardless of what happened to one, I would still have the other. It so. is uh, very, very real what you're describing um, because I walked away from a very large paying job. And so now you, you pull back and it's like, I could take chances. I didn't have to worry about it. Now I have to be a little more thoughtful and mindful, but guess what? That's not a bad thing because you make, better choice, at least, you know, I would I put words in my mouth for you is making better choices. So is that fair for you too? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this, but, um, the thing that really launched me into a side hustle and got me focused and intent was, um, Dave Ramsey. Uh, we went through, we were married four years ago and somebody gifted us Dave Ramsey's financial peace university kit. And I took the class and I realized that my beautiful young bride came with a price tag of about $80,000 in the form of student loans and a car Ouch. loan. Ouch. That's like a dowry uh, that you've got to pay, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse so, dowry. Hey, that's not fair. I, um, yeah, and I'll, we put all those numbers together sitting at the coffee table. I will never forget that feeling, that weight on my shoulders, you know, that, that tingly mouth anxiety sensation that um, hit hard. And um, What did it do for your relationship, though? I mean, because that's important. I think that's really important. You, did you know this going in? Well, um, I'd never really considered it. I, my parents paid for school. I was very fortunate there. Um, and I had, I took out one loan uh, my mom said, if I wanted to study abroad for a semester, I would have to pay for that. I took it out and it was, it was a short trip. It was about a month, um, in Costa Rica, which was awesome. And it was a small loan. And I remember making the monthly payments and they were, they were tiny. It wasn't a big loan, but I just wanted that out of my life. And I just, w one month I decided to save up and just pay it off. And that's what I did. 
And <clears throat> I guess I never really considered how big the student loans could be. Um, 80 grand's a lot of money, dude. And they put it on like a 30-year amortization. So you're paying it like you're paying your house. The biggest one was 9.6% too. It was. Oh my it, gosh. It was, uh, even the minimums, the minimums I think were over a grand a month when we started out. And how does a small, how does a young family starting out really get anywhere when you're sitting on those kind of payments? Well, let me ask you this. If you're maybe, maybe because your, your college was paid for, is it kind of an absolute going forward if you have kids and, and, you know, I'm, I'm putting this way out there to think about, but logically, um, is this one of those things that you're going to hopefully tell them absolutely no student loans, there's a way to pay for it, let's figure it out, work together, whatever it takes? Yeah, I mean, that starts now with uh, 529s, mm-hmm. um, saving for their college, and then hopefully giving them enough, and just, um, you know, pushing them sort of in the direction of a state school or something of that regard, just, just a, a cheaper form of education. The, the, the more expensive schools really don't offer you anything that the state schools and community colleges don't. Um, oh, I agree. Unless it's a, you know, a lead-in to, you know, Harvard and MIT or one of those, I, I absolutely agree. Right. And even still, I mean, I, my, my major, oddly enough, um, was entrepreneurship. And it was really just because I wanted a general business degree and it seemed cool. And um, only recently have I become begun to realize that I do have an entrepreneurial bent to me. Um, but I mean, had I known what my trajectory looked like uh, ahead of time, I wouldn't have gone to college because I feel like unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something very specific, I learn on YouTube. I learn on from books. I, I, I teach myself whatever I'm I'm focused on and intent on learning. I'm a rabid consumer of information so i'm going to learn a lot more on my own than i will in a classroom setting that's just me personally but well but it's something you're interested in you're going to give it your all right i was just listening to somebody talk about montessori where they basically kind of say hey here are these all options over here you know you kind of figure out which ones you like and then in theory the kids who are artists or business people, they gravitate towards what they like, and all of a sudden they get enthusiastic and there's a passion that help, they help fuel. You know, that model now for college, um, I forget who it was. Uh, who, I know Gary Vee's involved in it. There was a group of them, um, the guy from Pencils for Promise, they were putting, Adam, I can't think of his last name, they were putting together some type of education because like Google, for example, does not require a four-year degree anymore. Because they realize what you're saying is that most of that is nonsense. They need you to be able to code or whatever it is that they need. But however, there are certain skill sets they want you to have. And so they have this college where you can actually go for free and then you agree to pay back like 15 grand a year for the three years or some story. And then you help fund other kids to go for free, right? But the premise is is that you're going to learn the tools that are needed to work at Google or Facebook or fan your media, whatever, right? I mean, wouldn't that, I mean, think back to your degree. Did that biology class help you today running your Amazon business? I use my biology knowledge every day, Steve. <laughs> well, that's getting up and going to the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about in business, uh, you know, unless you're, no, yeah. unless you're selling in, the, uh, in that one category. But it, it's just interesting. Now, you know, in fairness, learning social skills, that's important, right? I mean, learning how to deal with people, because that's one of the challenges I see. People don't know how to, you know, as an employer, 
bringing in people and they didn't, they were coddled by their mom or whatever, you know, they don't know how to handle challenges, right? So those are things that you want to learn. But I'm not sure it needs to be sitting in a biology class to learn. It would be cooler if it was sitting in a, hey, here's how to read financial statements or here's how to do it, you know, um, here's how to present to a bank, you know, or whatever, that kind of thing. You agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think I learned more about um, social skills once I got into the the um, job market and started, you know, making phone calls and, and meeting with customers and stuff like that. Um, I don't know that it took place in college for me, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, um, I think back. Now, I went to business school, and I'll, be, I'll say this, is that in business school, they taught you how, and I'm, I'm older, so, you know, understand that. But literally, they set up a dinner. You had to wear a, a suit and tie to every, uh, every class, and then you had to wear them for presentations, all that jazz. But they set up a dinner, and they showed you, they taught you how to eat, and have dinner conversation. And I, it stuck with me. And it's like one of those cool things because that's that's something that you a lot of people wouldn't have learned back in my day. Um, and now going out, you know, uh, as business, right, it's good to have those skills. Those are real-life skills. But, you know, reading it in a book, you know, doesn't really help you, right? Or, or you know, talking to some guy up there talking to 200 people in a classroom saying, well, you know, uh, Tarn, here's how you eat when you're there, and blah 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 blah. You're not going to get anything from that. No. Hmm. So okay, so you are uh, you are you have a degree. What's your degree in? in just in entrepreneurship. Yeah. So I went to a business school as well, and um, I couldn't really hone in on a major that I was interested in at the time, and so entrepreneurship seemed like a good one. Um, neither neither parent were entrepreneur, a grandparent, or something that kind of sparked that. Oh no, they they were my oh. my father's a uh, a builder since he was I think nineteen, and um, my grandfather, oh he's had a, a whole host of businesses. Um, actually, if you go on eBay now and search my last name, you'll see our watch bands from their watch band factory. I'm, I'm from um, North Attleboro, uh, Massachusetts, and it was a a massive jewelry hub back in the day. So they had a, a watch band factory. Um, he had like a sort of concession stand thing. He flipped a lot of real estate. Um, I don't know if he ever really had a job working for anybody else. And uh, he he was a big role model for me growing up. And did they encourage then, um, or was it just understood that you really want to go out and make your own way? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I kind of always had a, a pull towards that, I think. I, I don't know if I really recognized it. I was... So I'm a only child of a single mom. So I was coddled a bit. Um, mm-hmm. When I was at home, I didn't really like my mom didn't really push me hard to get a job. So I, I didn't work when I was in high school, and I didn't have really many bills to pay. And so I didn't feel I didn't really understand the value of a dollar and and what um, I didn't feel that need to go out and make money. I wanted to make money, but I didn't. It wasn't real to me, you know. And so it wasn't until I was on my own that, um, and I was working and I was paying rent and stuff that I really became interested in increasing my income and saving money and investing. Did, did the lessons though, I've seen, you know, and I don't know how, how early your parents split, 
But did you see your father struggle in the building business, the the, the highs and the lows? Because right now, as an Amazon seller, it's Q4, right? So guess what? You're flying or you're hating your life, right? Because it's <laughs> high sales or no sales, right? It's never never an average day. It's, it's one of the other extremes, right? And that, that might be by the hour. Did you recognize that with your dad at all? Um. I didn't, I didn't honestly see him very much when okay. I was younger, but, um, I mean, they, they, they were hit hard in 2008. Uh, I know that. Um, right. and, and that didn't, that didn't turn you away. I mean, that's a good thing. That's, uh, the, the fact that if you can push through that, that's resilience, right? I mean, that's a good skill set to have resilience, especially in this world. Yeah, it really, it just helped frame the mindset I have now that, um, the whole Dave, like I said, I'm a big Dave Ramsey follower and it's just being risk averse. So, um, I don't mean that in the sense that I'm not willing to, um, pull the trigger on a deal or go deep on a product, right? There's, there's no reward without some risk, but I won't take a loan or use credit cards to do it. Um, so it's calculated. Yes, absolutely. And, so there's uh, a limit, though. That means you're limited on your growth opportunities, right, if you're not borrowing money. Yeah, um, that's true. But, I mean, I'm doing just fine. And um, I I just – so you you know my numbers, and mm-hmm. my margins are good. Um, you're way, uh, you're uh, approaching mega, sell, mega seller status. Yeah, I was. You always say mega seller, and I, I'd never known exactly where that point was. It moves. It moves depending <laughs> on my mood. Um, but you know, I mean, I always figured this is my number I use, and I always assume, and this is Steve assuming, and I know I'm wrong, and all the reasons, blah blah blah. However, I believe that if you pay taxes and if you have insurance and you do all the things that you're supposed to do, you're going to end up around seventeen to twenty percent margin after everything, especially if you have a warehouse and you have people helping you, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, looking at your number, working backwards, I can do that math. It takes me six seconds um, just to read the number and do the math and say, huh, he's doing okay, pretty okay. And very quickly, uh, very soon, because you hit that level, you're you're close to hitting that level where all of a sudden it you you have more money than time. Right. I mean, you're getting to that place, especially since you're financing it yourself. You'll you're you're getting close. Yeah. Um, Which is cool. And yeah, it, it is cool. And at the same time, I mean, we're in the world of e-commerce, right? It's this rapidly shifting landscape. And mm-hmm. anybody who's been around long enough knows that you can't grow complacent here. Um, you always hear about the the Google al- algorithm change from years back. These guys building niche sites when they had their income wiped out overnight, some of them. Um, even now, you know, you're seeing it in a lot of the groups. Hopefully you're not feeling it, but I've seen lately a lot of eBay sellers this Q4 complaining about really bad sales. And um, if that's all their business, they're, they're panicking a little bit. That's mm-hmm. They're feeling it big time. So, I mean, I hardly sell on eBay, so it makes no difference to me, but it's a reminder that things can still change quickly. So I try not to live like I'm making the money that I'm making right now because I know that <clears throat> odds are, um, you know, five or even two or three years from now, um, without a lot of change and a lot of paying attention to the marketplace, I might not be making the money that I'm making today. I'm, I'm, we're blessed today, but um, it's not guaranteed tomorrow. So 
I pay myself um, very little, and I keep a big cash buffer in my business account. It's an emergency fund. So if anything did happen um, tomorrow, if I were to lose my business or somebody swooped in and took over my market, my sales plummeted to what a quarter they are now, um, some freak accident where all my inventory were destroyed, I lost it all, it's not on loans, I could still continue to pay myself the same wages for another year without having to stress while I get my footing. Hmm. Um, I think it's very smart. So you're you're following the real Dave Ramsey plan, which is to have um, that six to 12 months of um, expenses, right? But even for right. your business, and he gives that advice in business, and he says that, you know, if you listen on trade leadership, right, that's, that's exactly what he says you need to do. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not popular advice, I don't think, right. mm -hmm. but um, for a young guy with a family like me, it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, I could pay myself three times what I'm paying myself. I get a 30-year mortgage on a half-million-dollar home and fill it with crap from Pottery Barn and finance some new cars and stuff. But, uh, Stephen, what are the odds of a recession in the next 30 years or uh, a big hit to my business, right? It's 100%. It's mm -hmm. going to happen um, pretty close to it. So. Who do I want to be when that hit comes? Do I want to be the guy keeping up appearances in the nice finance car in the McMansion with the big mortgage and no contingency plan? Or the guy who has the paid-for house, he can feed his family and keep the lights on with whatever job is out there available to him. Um, it's, there's nothing wrong with that that first guy, but I'd just rather sleep at night. As a dad, oh, man, I'm proud of you, dude. I'm just listening to you, and I'm like, man, he gets it. I'm on the other end of it where we just we just downsized, right, because we had that big house, and it was just two of us left. And it's like, okay, what are we going to do with these other three bedrooms? All right, these other couple bathrooms, right? My wife was tired of cleaning them. I was tired of cutting the grass. I travel a lot. And so that's gone. And so now we live in this two-bedroom, you know, I'm going to call it luxury. It's it's beautiful, brand-new apartment. And for the first time in 30-some-odd years, we do not own a house. And my wife, I, I probably told this, and I apologize if you heard it before, but she's into minimalism. And so she'll literally look at my glass, and, and I'm, as I'm holding it, she goes, Steve, does that glass make you happy? And <laughs> that's the question, because she saw this, and she read the book, and so now everything has to make me happy. So I'm very cautious what I pick up around her, because she's going to ask me, because if it doesn't make me happy, it's going. And... Literally, you know, she's like, we got our Christmas stuff out, uh, which I store in my warehouse, right? Because we don't really have storage. And she's like, I'm paring this down this year. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're really. And she got rid of tonnage. But to be honest with you, that stuff is baggage. When you're downsizing and you're sitting there trying to make these decisions and you're looking at all this stuff and you think of what you paid for it. And now it's gone. Right. Because and we gave it all away. Uh, but I mean, just thinking about that, it's like, what could I have done with that money, Torn? You know what I mean? And so you're thinking that way in advance. And that is the smart move, dude. Smart. Well, that and it's not it's not just um, the money. I mean, that that clutter is stress mm -hmm. without a doubt. And yeah. I mean, if, if my <clears throat> I'm a little hypocritical in saying this because I'm looking around my desk and it's a mess right now. But I work a lot more effectively when my desk is clean. Um, when I don't have a ton of crap everywhere to focus on and I can just, you know, hone in on what it is I'm doing. Well, I've been down to, uh, speaking of Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, who's connected with Dave. I've been to Dan's place a couple of times and Dan's office is, uh, meticulous. Perfect. And he says, Steve, this is truly my sanctuary. My office is kept this way because this is where I love to be. And I want to feel good about where I love. And so he is, he's that way. 
his place is spotless. And he's like, I don't leave until it is. And it just creates a different environment. So it brings you into a pretty good place when you're going. You know, the other thing is, Torin, you're buying a lot of stuff, dude. So you can get that out of your system, the, the, the need to buy pretty quickly in our world, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, shopping is a ton of fun, but um, I don't want to keep any of it for myself. I want it out the door, and I want the money that comes, the profit that comes with it, you know? Yeah, you look at it, and you're like, hmm, if I bought that, I could sell that. I'm not, yeah, you know what, I'm not going to, my wife looks at, she's always like, look, going through the warehouse, I'm like, no, 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 that's for sale. No, that's for sale. That's for sale. <laughs> she's always picking through it. I'm like, no, 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 we don't want that. Yeah, okay. I got 15 uh, of this particular toy i'm not going to shout it out during q4 but um and my wife saw him come in and she says one of those is for the baby i'm like well yeah but if i sell it for the price i want to sell it at 75 bucks <laughs> she's like no one of them's for the baby oh she won the baby okay. has one now um, all right you gotta I, let I, her I win you. you gotta let her right. win. yep Compromise. when what does she feel about now so she came from a place where borrowing money was okay or at least that's the way she was brought up, not her fault, but that's the way it was. Did she get on board with Dave Ramsey plan? Is she, did she see the light or does it still, you know, and, and maybe this too, does she receive pressure from her family to kind of affect that? Um, I think, I think since we've paid off the debt, uh, I, I'm, I'm more on, drinking dave's kool-aid than she is um i think since we've paid off the debt she wants to she wants to rest a little bit and enjoy life and i still i I have this rabid intensity i just want to pay off the house in the next four to five years and be at that level where i feel like i can breathe Um, that's freedom that's ultimate freedom correct right i mean because what do you need you gotta need your payroll tax or your uh, property taxes your insurance uh health insurance and food and that's about it to live, right? I mean, I'm not saying you're going to live well, but that's you could live if the uh, not if the zombie apocalypse happens, but if the market corrects, which it, like you said, it's going to do at some point, you could survive, right? Hundred percent. And I mean, she's working right now. I'd love for her to come home, um, and maybe she doesn't have to be. But I, I mean, I look at the numbers and I say, you know, Victoria, we could, in all honesty. We're, we're closing on this house on Monday. Um, it's our first home. And, uh, and we've got a modest home because obviously of who I am. And um, so we could, we, could, we could have this place paid off in, in three to five years realistically and just try and close your eyes and, and visualize that for a second. But um, <laughs> I talk about it and she gets stressed out just, just at the thought of, of, of doing that. Um, so we'll see. But it's going to be hard because keeping up with the Joneses creeps into your life. I mean, I don't care. You go over somebody else's house. It happens to us every time we go over and we see something. I was like, you know, maybe we should have that. And I'm like, what happened to making me happy? All right. Does that make you happy? And I'll say that to her, you know, trying to throw it back in her face. But it's true. You start, you almost, you start to, to, you know, it starts to drag you in. Um, How about this? Uh, You uh, just got a loan to buy a house. And I don't think I've had anybody talk about this. And I think it's interesting. So here you are as an e-commerce seller, you're unemployed. Torrin, you're officially unemployed. How did that go with the bank? Um, It was a little more difficult. um, But my, so I've only been selling for three years. And so the first year, 
I did, uh, well, last year I did a, a little less than half of what I did this year. Mm-hmm. And the year prior to that, I did about a quarter of what I did last year. So, you know, they want to see the two years prior, <laughs> which are pretty abysmal um, compared to the year th- this year where my private label products are established. I'm, you know, I've built up a bankroll. I'm doing all right. Um, so without my wife's income, I don't think I would have been approved. Um, the good thing is I have, I have excellent credit um, and that helped. But they, they really wanted to see a lot of proof of the business and, and what it was I did. And they want to see bank statements and they want to see um, – they just they feel like they kept asking every week for more and more information on the business. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we were approved. And I think um, it helped that you know I'm, we got a modest house compared to what we could probably afford I think that's a smart move, again, especially if you're establishing yourself, you know, when you're getting started. Um, this allows you, once you prove that you've done this and you pay this, and then eventually you could do it again if you wanted to upsize. And my advice to you is don't. You know, here's one thing. We had this conversation recently. Um, well, we uh, There were three kids in my house, and we had two boys in a bedroom, and uh, I think my sister had her own room, right? But it was small. You know, one bathroom for five people. I mean, that's normal back when I was a kid, right? Mm. Then my kids grow up, and they grow up, and they all have their own bedroom. Matter of fact, we even have a spare bedroom upon that, and they all had their own bathroom. And that perspective that they have is lost, right? They don't understand that you can go another way. And so if you can live through it, because your kids aren't with you that long, really, because at some point they're not going to want to hang with you, Torn, get ready for that. I mean, it's going to happen. You know, They're going to say, Dad, you're not cool. I'm going out with my friends. And then you don't see him for a couple of years. If you have a boy, girls will creep into his life. And if it's a girl, boys will creep in and then they're gone. And so if you could get through that, those few years um, in a smaller environment where you're closer together, where you kind of have to spend time together, I think that's another place that a lot of people need to think about rather than spreading out into these big McMansions is to go back because the family gets disconnected. Yeah, I guess I never really considered the family dynamic of a, a larger home. Well, they go um, off in their own world. I mean, think about it, right? You go off in your room and you got your own TV. Your uh, your kids are in their world. You know what I mean? It's just no time together. Mm. So anyway, deep thoughts there. Okay, let's talk e-commerce, right? Because that's people are calling in and listening. They're saying, hey, what are we doing? So let's <laughs> talk about... Uh, what other option you had, right? So you're working for this company. The company, um, you know, pluses and minuses, like anything else. It's a four-letter word, work. Um, they didn't treat you as well as you felt like they should have. What else were you considering doing? I mean, was it just this Amazon business, or did you think about going to work in another job and keeping this as a side hustle? Uh, yeah, I looked at other jobs. I just... Um... I didn't really see anything that I could really be passionate about. Um, so that's what it is for you. It's the passion, not well, the freedom. Even, yeah, I mean, to some extent, you have to be because if I get, I get bored easily, and okay. um, I used to see this kind of as a curse. But on the other end of that spectrum, yes, I get bored easily. But the things that I am interested in, I give them a lot of concentration. I'm I'm constantly thinking about them. I'm like I said, I'm a rabid consumer of information. I, I want to know everything I can about them. 
And so um, that allows me to, whatever I'm interested at the moment, I can excel at more or less. So that's a skill set now. I think so. I mean, it's not, it's not very beneficial in the uh, career environment where I'm expected to do the same thing for 40 years, but that's not me and that's Hmm. fine, you know? I so, think that's smart. I think I think what you're describing that you recognize that as a skill set rather than a uh, a challenge, because in a non-creative environment that was a challenge. You're a rebel. You're not happy, right? We you know we need you to to mold, stay in the mold, like you said, do it for thirty or forty years. So in a work environment, you're you're a caged animal wanting to be released. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't last because I wouldn't be effective at the job, and it wouldn't be good for them or good for me, you know. Do you, do you think that working for any company, I don't know if you worked for other companies besides this one, do you think that that's true for you anywhere? And this place just accentuated it because they started treating you different? No, I mean, I wasn't really, I was treated well. It was just there was a, a neglect on the business as a whole from the owners. and um, And it just seemed like... Um, the owner wasn't really in it anymore. Um, he wanted to do his own thing, and he'd grown complacent. But that's and neglect uh, to the employees. It, it that's neglect. I, it is. It is. And it, it's an indirect neglect. And, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, we're friends, so I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to say that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess it is. Um, the, the thing about that job was I was um, – my official title was operations manager, but that gave me, I pretty much, you know, could have my hands in any facet of the business that I want. And there were a lot. Um, what did so, you gravitate towards? Um, I would bounce around, honestly. I, I, if I, whatever I wanted to do at the time, I mean. Because then you get barring, disinterested? I mean, is that what happened? Yeah, pretty much. And then you jump to something still, else. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would, I would move around. Um, the one thing that I didn't really um, get into there was actually reselling. Like we had an eBay site and we sold a bit on Amazon, and I didn't really want to do it. And I think it's because it wasn't mine. Mm. And um, it's it's different when it's yours, you know, when you're you're driven by your own success and making your own money versus um, doing it for somebody else. Kind of was drag. it competitive for you? I mean, did you think about theirs and like, ah, oh, they sold a thousand dollars? I'm like, shit, I sold a thousand dollars today, and they sold <laughs> it in a month, right? I mean, was it was a little bit of competition for you? Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> me and the the sales guy would kind of go back and forth sometimes. Um, so that helps drive you. That's cool. It, it it did. It's it's yeah, it was fun. How about this operations job? Does it give you least skills? at least skill sets to do your e-commerce business? Because you're handling multiple things. Like you said, you had your hand in everything. Did you pick up skill sets that you're uh, able to use in your e-commerce business? I probably did, but I don't know if I could put my finger on many of them. Um, We had a lot of employees, and um, I, I don't, really want any employees I'm, I'm totally content working by myself um which is a surprise i thought i would be lonely but um you know i've got friends obviously on facebook and stuff and we talk all day and it feels kind of like they're right next to you you don't really suffer from that loneliness when um 
you're you're actively speaking to people all day who are doing the same thing, uh, whether it's you know online or in person. I feel like. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have a real desire to manage any employees or anything like that, as long as I don't have to. But did you um, help? Did you help lead others and find better ways to do processes and things like that? You know, um, uh, I don't know. Maybe back to your eBay guy or whatever they were selling. Did you help work on those processes and help make decisions and help them be better? And therefore, if so, you yeah. then reinforced what you knew, or you you know, developed, hey, this worked, this didn't work. So that's kind of like, back to education. I mean, it's kind of like an education. That's one of the benefits of working for someone um, and having as much influence as you do. That's a benefit. Yeah, for sure. So so um, my last month or two there, I was asked um, to kind of overtake the um, eBay store because it needed a lot of work. And... Um, I redesigned a lot of the flow and the processes and um, everything from our picture station to the way we list product and um, the flow of materials and, and who's responsible for what and setting some goals. And um, yeah, it, it was fun, but uh, I guess that did teach me a lot. Like I said, though, I don't sell on eBay. It's similar. similar yeah, but you're, you're in that world. And, and see, for me, I just sit back and I say, hmm, you know, you got paid and you fine-tuned you honed your skills that's not bad i mean it's it's rather than you going to pay for an education you got paid to get an education that's not a bad thing however you had to pay your dues and paying your dues um is working for a company who's clearly not interested in working for their own company anymore and so those things that disillusionment that they have transfers to the staff always does 100 percent, right they can they can feel it's palpable right but um I just hope people hear that you had to be willing to pay your dues to get to this place. Would you think, be honest, do you think you could be as successful as you are had you not worked there and gone through the pain as quickly? Could you be as successful as quickly as you are? Mm. Maybe. Um, no. Well, I mean, without the, <clears throat> the, the, the easiest way to answer that is no, because without the income, I wouldn't be able to scale up as quickly as I did. Okay. Um, but as far as skills are concerned, um, I wouldn't say too, too much that I did their translates over, honestly. Um, at the same time, that could be me just being blind and naive and thinking that I did it on my own. Um, but who knows? What, what really drove me, though, was, was getting out of debt. And then that, that's what kept me you know, chugging along the whole time. And that carrot in front of you is because that's the ultimate thing, right? That having that freedom, right? That noose around your neck gone was huge, right? Um, what drives you now? What keeps you going now? So that that piece is past you. You're talking maybe paying off the house or what have you. But what what is the thing that gets you up in the morning early and makes you stay an hour later and give it that extra effort? What is it? Um, I would say it is you know, eventually paying off the house in a really short period of time. Um, I will set goals for myself. I'm very goal driven. Um, but I just enjoy, I, I might not enjoy it forever, but I enjoy what I do. So, um, for the past year or so, I've been a hundred percent private label apart from fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, that's pretty much pretty hands off. I don't even see that inventory, but, um, to fill my days, 
I've been doing a lot of online arbitrage and um, I really like that. I, I enjoy treasure hunting and analyzing data and finding these diamonds in the rough. So um, it's fun for me. I get excited about Monday for the first time in my life. You know, Sunday night, everybody's bumming out and I used to be too. Now I can't wait to start my day on Monday and start scanning and fire up the computer and, you know, make some money. Um, so, I mean, liking what I'm doing is motivating, but um, like I said, I'll set goals for myself. So uh, I, I'm a frugal, obviously. I'm making decent money. I drive an 18-year-old Honda Accord, mm-hmm. and um, I love cars. <laughs> and I would like to have a nice car for the first time in a while. So <clears throat> I've set a goal where um, I want to make um, what I would make with my private label money. And on top of that, what I would have made if I stayed at my job. And on top of that, basically twice whatever the car costs, because that'll pay for the taxes and my tithes and everything. And then I'll be able to pay for the car without really interrupting the flow that I'm planning on with the money that I expect to make. And so that's, that's a little something that keeps me driven too. Well, I think, uh, you know, thinking back to my corporate life, we used to do capital plans. We used to do uh, one year, three year, five year, 10 year, and 20 year, believe it or not. We'd get that far out. And um, it kind of gave, it was basically the same premise is that, you know, hey, we're going to buy a piece of equipment and we know it's going to be, you know, 3 million bucks. And so, you know, it's just kind of that plan knowing that in the future that's going to be the cost. And so from a cash flow point of view, you were able to project way out there. And it sounds very similar to what you're doing. Now, you weren't able to do that so much when you were new to the business. How, how, well, maybe you did. How quickly uh, have, have you been able to, to start planning that well? I mean, obviously paying off the debt, eh, maybe, maybe that's just a stupid question because it sounds like you started right from day one. Um, no, I, I, well, what happened was the, the person who gifted us that Financial Peace University kit, she worked in um, IT in Boston. And she knew that I was in electronics recycling and IT asset resale. And she approached me and said that uh, um, her company had a lot of equipment that she wanted to clean out. And I said, okay, well, just call me on Monday and I will send a truck in and I'll have a crew come in and get it. She said, no, I want you to have it and I want you to resell it for yourself to pay towards your debt. And so Hmm. that was awesome. Um, so I went in and she had some good stuff and I ended up with a little over a thousand dollars. I sold it on eBay and you know, I have this money in PayPal and I looked at my wife and I said, we can put this towards the loans or we can just try and roll it over into more inventory. And she agreed. She said, go for it. Um, and I didn't really have any knowledge of where I was going to get this inventory, but on the way home, I just stopped at a savers one day and I started painstakingly going through everything on the shelf, looking it up on my phone. Um, and then consuming YouTube videos, um, green room hangouts, um, you know, the bonafide hustler, Steve Rake and those guys. And, uh, I started buying. And then I think within a couple of weeks I was on Amazon. I, I, I learned really quickly that um, if I wanted to make money fast, it was Amazon was the place. Um, so I think I sent in my first box 
I'll never forget it. Um, ridiculous things that I never thought would sell. And uh, while I slept, the first box checked in, and I I woke up, I turned over, I looked at my phone, and I had a sale for $28. It was a four-pack of Tybo VHS tapes. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be Oh, my God. Me. Yeah, nobody off, would buy that, right? Yeah, right. Off to the races. You know, I was psyched. Um, so from then on, we just um, kept as much of the money in the business as possible. Uh, the first year after Q4, I think we put a chunk towards loans. Um, but other than that, I just kept rolling it over and rolling it over and trying to spend as much. So of it, it wasn't uh, planned. I mean, it was only planned for that, not not towards a goal, right, uh, is, is what you described when you started, right? It was to keep the thing going. You put, like you said, you put a chunk towards the debt, but you stayed focused on growing. Hmm. Yeah, build, build, build. And then um, once my wife got pregnant, um, I wanted to have the debt paid Okay. by the time my daughter was born. We saved the money. We kept it in the account until she was born to make sure if there were any complications or anything, um, we'd have the cash just pay for it. But um, luckily, she was born healthy. Everything's good. And we paid everything off in May. Wow. Well, that's a big accomplishment, dude. But it's just so cool that that intentional um, of each time is like, depending on what it was, that big life event changed things for you, right? All of a sudden, it's like, okay, growth, growth, growth at all costs. No, no, no. Security. Okay. Now that you're there, okay, now you're really secure. Now you're in this mode of, okay, growth. However, I got another goal. And I, so it sounds like now that you're building goals on top of plans. And I think that that's a very smart way to run your business because things could change. And if things changed outside of your control, which they will, um, the car could go away, correct? For sure. Yeah. All right. But that's what's so cool, the way you're doing it. Um, uh, smart, very smart. Um, when you think about where you're going, right? So you got a good private label business. Um, you know, there's a lifespan to private label products. So you've got to bring new ones in and you got, but you're learning skills. And that's what I always tell people is that you bring your first product, it doesn't go so well, generally. Then, and, and there are outliers that have home runs, of course. However, there are problems, and then you fix them, and it gets better and better and better over time. How many, how many products are you managing right now for your private label? Um, I've got four currently okay. active across several variations of each right. but um, okay yeah. so you got you, so you got multiple variations so uh however the fourth one was easier than the first one correct oh yeah definitely. all right so uh, when you think about where you're going is it 40 is it four what would you say um <clears throat> well somewhere in the middle i mean i okay. i don't i don't like i'm not thrilled about my current offerings because um, probably 90% of my revenue comes from two products and okay. two products on one platform. Steven, that's not a very safe place. It's a to scary be, right? place to be. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I did a good job with them. I, I thought a little outside the box. I found some things that required some work and, um, that weren't customizable from the manufacturer. Um, and I thought that that would kind of turn most people off. Um, I did a lot of the work my, my, myself in the beginning, um, packaging and labeling and all that. But um, when Aria, my daughter, was going to be born, I knew that I had to outsource that. So I found a kidding company 
um, in the area, and they, they handle it all now, which is I should have done a long, long time ago. Uh, wait, let me stop you there a second. Go back to your example. So you found a product that was uh, the manufacturer was not willing or couldn't modify, and that was it. They aren't making new molds or whatever it is. Let's just say it's Steve's glass. And yeah. so you then say, huh, this glass would be a lot better if it had a handle, and this guy's not going to put a handle on. Therefore, nobody's going to put a handle on it. If I put a handle on it, now I've got the... I've got the item, right? And so you bring it in and somebody else puts a handle on it or whatever it is, right? That's the example? Right. And okay. um, somebody else was actually doing it, but they they had an e-commerce site and they were selling there and they were selling on e, uh, Amazon, but they were doing a really poor job on Amazon. So the product was selling okay, but it was only merchant fulfilled. And the listing was garbage and the pictures were all taken in-house. And so... Um, I knew that I could, you know, I could offer it uh, with, to prime customers, FBA. Um, I could take better pictures. I could write a better listing, and I did, and it took off. Um, How about the second one? Was that a similar? I mean, is this now a pattern that you build? You look for, you know, that model and replicate. Pretty much, yeah. And now, That's I mean, cool. <clears throat> staying within that niche, um, yeah, I'm I'm willing to. I, I like the idea of broadening the brand to um, products with lesser ROI because they cross promote each other. And mm -hmm. so even if even if I'm only making a couple dollars on one product, it's it's pointing people in the direction of my my more profitable products. Um, so that's the plan. Continue that. Um, but yeah, I mean, with four with four products and a few variations, I'd like to broaden that a lot. Um, not to 40. I don't think I'd want to manage 40 products, but maybe. I don't know. What, what do you tell your friends coming in, or what advice do you give people? Um, hey, you know, go scan stuff in your house and sell that first to learn all the, the, you know, how the inner workings work, but then go full force into wholesale or private label, or, you know, because you and I both know people that are doing millions and millions and millions to an RA and OA and that kind of thing. And they're very content for now, for now. And they'll say, we understand there's a lifespan, but while there's a lifespan and it's this good, I'm staying in it because they're, they are outliers. What's your advice? Advice. Um, to new people what? coming in. <clears throat> to you private must, labeling must, or to selling uh, on Amazon? Selling on Amazon. Yeah, I think I would start there. And then, you know, which direction are you steering people? Because they must be asking you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, the first year or so, I think I just did thrifting and garage sales because I didn't want to risk any of my family's money on, you know, higher dollar items. I did a little bit of RA, but I was really comfortable with what I was buying. Um, so I try and send people in that direction. I, I tell them, you know, whatever's in your house, start out there. Um, whatever you know about, if you've got some product knowledge and, uh, there's not many people I talk to about it anymore, though, because I've found that 90% of people aren't willing to put in the work. They'll go down um, half more than an aisle. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least um, they'll they'll scan a few products down half an aisle and they'll be spent. And um, this is too uh, hard. This is impossible. Right. Yeah, I'm gated and everything. <clears throat> I can't be successful. Right. Um, my father-in-law recently started selling though, and he's he's doing great. And um, he was a little discouraged in the beginning, but he's he's really picking up steam, and it's it's cool to see somebody you know actually do it and and make it work. Hmm. Um, 
that said, yeah, I can't find many people who are sincerely want to put in the work. They see the the money or whatever, and they're they're enticed, but that's about the extent of it, you know. It happens to me all the time. People are like, I want to, Steve, teach me what you do. I'm like, I'm the wrong guy. I can't yep. teach you. I can't <clears throat> teach you anything. Go buy Chris's book. And it, I think it's free now. Or go do something, learn that, sell a few things, and then come back when you're ready. Um, and then I'll help you 100%. I mean, I'll give you everything I got. Did you? Uh, I did an interview not that long ago uh, with a son-in-law and a father-in-law. And their relationship, they're like friends uh, because they have such a common— not only do they have his wife and his daughter in common— they now have this passion for this crazy business, and they love it, and they're like friends. Has it changed the relationship with your father-in-law? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, because you don't have anybody in your personal life who you can talk to about it. Um, Who's got a sickness like you do. I mean, is right. this your, does your mother-in-law and your wife roll their eyes when you guys have Thanksgiving dinner, and it's like, oh, God, here they go? Absolutely. I mean, he's he was here last night, and he's supposed to be putting some recess lighting in, um, we're, we're at my mother-in-law's. I don't know if I said that, but, um, and she, my, my mother-in-law was like, listen, when he comes over, you need to leave. She's, you know, half kidding, but she's like, cause he doesn't get anything done. If you're here, all you guys do is talk. Um, so that's yeah, a good sure. thing, dude. That's a good thing. That yeah. relationship, that depth, that love. I'm getting ready to give a sermon this coming week, uh, the 10th actually. And so, uh, it's, it's about faith, hope, and love. And that relationship, that depth of relationship, man, that is, that's the sauce of life right there. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Hmm. Very, very cool. None of your friends have that relationship doing their wandering through life. So looking back, you know, clearly you made some right decisions, but this was hard, right? I mean, you're, like you said, you're walking away from a really good job um, that you could have coasted for a long time, correct? For sure, yeah. It wasn't enough, was it? No. Well, I thought about, you know, my my commute there and the number of hours I spent there and um, my mood and attitude while I was there. And, I mean, it wasn't—it's it, gotten to the point where I wasn't propelling forward or developing any further. I had I had gotten everything out of the, the, the place that I ever would— um, I could show up and do my job and collect a paycheck, but you know why? Could you could you do your job really? Or I mean, because you got so good at it, you can knock it out in a one or two hours and then coast the rest of the day. Did you get to that place? No, there was always there was always okay. more to be done. Um, it was we were busy, but um, and my role, like I said, was very loosely defined, so I could, you know, I could kind of put my hands into whatever I felt like, but, um, it just, I, I just, it, it, it's the whole attitude change. It's a top down thing. I'm sure you've seen it before when, when, when the owners or the, whoever's in charge is not into the business or they're not present either, you know, mentally or physically. Um, nobody has any real hope for the future. And mm. it, it's just, it was just a dark, dark place to be. And it still is. I talked to my coworkers and sucks but they didn't they didn't have the same opportunity i did to just leave and do their own thing um so we've been blessed for sure but um, complacency creeps in and it's a dangerous thing so so when you stayed for three years with an amazon business 
would do you think you stayed too long or was that the right number for you? Looking back, could you have gone a little bit sooner? Should you have gone? Maybe that's the better question. Should you have gone a little bit sooner? Or because you had those milestones, you wanted to knock them out, you wanted to make sure your family's, especially with the baby, you want to make sure you're covered. Was that the right time length for you? I think so. I mean, I, I could have left, um, I could have left sooner. And if I, I mean, if I told all the details of the story, anyone would say, you should have got, you yeah. should have got out there a, a, right, a long because you, time. It's, it, it ruins your soul. Um, so thinking about people that are thinking about it, cause I see this question a lot out in those groups. Hey, Torin, you know, I'm, I just killed it, man. I had my first $10,000 a month. Should I quit full time? Can I make six figures doing this job? And I'm always like, no, 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 you can't, right? Don't get it in your head that you will. Maybe someday, but don't get it in your head you will. Work towards that. Um, what do you think uh, that people should do? Just take your time, be established. Um, I, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Um, well, I mean, because you think about it, you know, I don't want to give the advice to somebody, hey, uh, and we all know lots of people making six figures, but we know lots of people not making six figures, right? What makes one successful versus the other? There's about 500 things that that's the difference, right? And so you want to be very cautious given this advice. But my answer is always, you know, get to that place where you're making more money in your side hustle than your regular job consistently. And in your case and my case, it's pay for cash with everything. Then you're in a position to be able to take chances and things like that. But until then, man, just ride it out as long as you can and put your effort and energy rather than watching TV into the side business. Yeah. I mean, it starts with knowing, you know, knowing your expenses, knowing what's coming in and what's going out. And a lot of people don't even know that. Um, mm. But uh, I would, I would set those goals too. I wanted to leave a while ago and um, I would say, okay, you know, once I'm making what I'm making at my job, then I'll be all right to leave. And then I hit that and I stuck around and I'm like, once I'm making, you know, twice what my salary is, well, then, then I'll be ready to leave. And I, you know, I, I hit that and I still, it was still really hard for me. I think it depends on the type of person you are. I'm real risk averse, like I said. So I didn't, I didn't want to add that risk to my life. Some people are more willing to sort of jump and, um, it can work or it can hit hurt, but, um, but isn't that the reason you stayed at your job longer is because you hit that mental shift in your head like, I've got this now because you doubled your income or whatever. There's a point when you go to work and instead of having this dread to go to work, it's like, I'm lucky that I get to go to work and have this huge business on the side because it helped finance time-wise uh, this side business. So to me, I think there's a point when your mind changes and... Um, I think that's the point when you leave, when you get to that place, when your mind says, I got this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, it, it took a while for me to get there. And, um, I think having the private label stuff, um, that really helps because it's not as hands-on as, Absolutely. as, uh, yeah. Online arbitrage or retail arbitrage. That's a job. Um, mm -hmm. no, no mistake about it. That's, that's a job. Um, and yeah, it, it took a while to get there and people, people, you know, look at me and they're like, wow, you're so lucky to have what you have and this and that. And yeah, we're, I don't say lucky, we're blessed, but, um, it took three years, you know, it's not like, that's it, not luck and overnight. 
Well, yeah, it, you know, that's it, it, not luck. I always tell my Dan, Dan Miller story. I don't want to tell it again, but but it's not luck when you're intentional for that long. How many people are willing to put in three years, all those extra hours? How many things did you miss? How many TV shows did you miss, right? How many times did you get up early? You did all those things to be successful, and that's lucky? No chance. That's intentional. Yeah. I mean, of course, every every business, there's a bit of luck, being at the mm-hmm. right place at the right time, all that, but but overall, no. Okay, so so we've gone through, we beat you to death over your history. It sounds like you've really figured out a whole bunch of very, very cool things. Help somebody else get past that point of stuck, because there had to be a point when you were thinking, I'm going to be stuck in this job forever, because this Amazon thing isn't going as well as I want, and then all of a sudden something changed. And I don't know what it was that changed for you, but you figured something out, whatever it was. You put the effort in, you went to a conference, you learned more, you developed relationships, whatever it is. Help somebody else get past that point, Torn, because there, there are guys listening, or ladies listening, and they're like, man, I want to be him. In three years, I could leave my job and have an incredible, uh, significant business, more than any business downtown, <laughs> right? You have more revenue than that. And I can have that in three years, but it's going to take something. What's that for you? I think, um, honestly, it's just knowing yourself. So this takes a while and it takes a lot of reflection back on uh, jobs and careers and things that interest you, but um, you need to stop and take take an inventory of what gets your blood pumping and what doesn't. Because so I see this all the time, and for me it looks like this, right? I can look at Craig Morris or my my buddy Jameson. I talk to Jamie every day. He's one of my best friends. And I can see the huge numbers they're putting up doing retail ARB, and I can run towards that. But I know myself. I know that when I go out there and scan barcode after barcode in the store, it just sucks the energy right out of me. I, I It's exhausting. Um, there was a time where I did it because I had to, and it was fun, but um, – it's it gets old me. quick. Yeah, yeah, it really does. But I know you've gone out with Jamie, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's an animal in the stores, and he'll go 12, 18 hours. He doesn't care. It fires him up, and that's his thing. He, he just wants to shop. He loves it, and that's great. Um, same thing with Craig. He'll shop straight throughout the night. And, um, you know, then you, you've got merch. You've got, uh, if you know Glenn Zubia, Hustler Hacks. He's killing it with merch, but he's a graphics guy. That's his thing. He loves it. He's good at it. Um, the thought of building a portfolio of 10,000 t-shirt designs to me is exhausting to even think about. That's not for me. Um, on the other hand, like I said, I'm psyched about Monday morning for the first time in my life. I, I want to go fire up the computer, start scanning sales and, and find that diamond in the rough. I want to analyze the Keepa data, look into all that. That's what gets my blood pumping. And that's what, you know, it keeps me focused throughout the day because I like it. Um, I see so many people in all the groups who, you know, they'll go, they'll see somebody doing well with merch and so they'll want to do merch and then they'll see somebody writing eBooks and they'll try eBooks and they'll have their hands in a little bit of everything, but without ever focusing on one particular avenue. Well, uh, what's the clues? So, so, I mean, there's always that phrase success leaves clues because what you're saying makes perfect sense, but it's like, Torrent, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. Right. Have you heard that? Right. I don't know what I'm interested in. I, I just I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I guess it just it, it does take some trial. So maybe you do try that stuff. But um, 
I know that my major skill set and what I like to do, what I enjoy and in all aspects of life is analyzing data and research. And I think that's why I excel at the online arbitrage and the, the private label. I enjoy those because it's a lot of sitting at the computer, analyzing data, and doing research. Um, and I, I, I mean, I can see that throughout school, hobbies, everything in my life. That's what I've always liked to do. And that's where it's best utilized. And so this fits right in for you at this point of your life. This fits right in, especially with a young family. So this gives you the ability to be involved. Is that fair? Are you involved in your daughter? No, you know what? I'm not. I'm, <laughs> um, that's one thing I struggle with. So time management, organization. The the biggest struggle for me right now is I'm I'm freshly full-time. I, so the better part of the last year, I've just been private label. And I decided to leave my job and to fill my time. I'm, I'm doing online ARV. I'm, I'm packaging shipments again. But without my systems in place and pretty rusty during the busiest time of the year. So I'm struggling with that work-life balance mm. right now. Um, honestly, it's tough. Um, well, what, but, what happens if you pull back? I mean, just think about this for a second. I understand you got this nervous, you know, you got the, you know, I mean, but here you go. You got a year's worth, and I'm not saying rest on your laurels or what have you, but man, your relationship is everything, right? I mean, to me, you know, especially at this point in my life, looking back, that love and that relationship is the most important thing. So man, you know, you, you don't want to miss this because uh, having two boys who are grown up now have grandkids... And watching them, all of a sudden, my youngest or my oldest granddaughter is five years old already. I'm like, oh my god, where'd this time go? You know. And so you want to be cautious. And I'm not, I'm not preaching to you. I'm just saying, you know, the fact that you're mindful of it, that's enough, because yeah. that means you're mindful of it. So, um, like I said, we're we're closing on that house on Monday, and we are, um, you know, it's holiday season. The way I looked at it was Q4 comes but once a year, and mm-hmm. I want to get you know, I want to get some inventory and I want to at least make up the difference between my job and, um, that salary that I lost. I would like to get it back doing stuff on the side, online arbitrage, whatever on top of my private label. Um, so I wanted to get enough inventory in that I could take the month of December off, do the move, spend time with the family, um, and experience the holidays like they're meant to be experienced without stress and work and whatnot. So <clears throat> I sent my last shipment in uh, last week. Okay. So you're there um, now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. You know, I mean, I, I again, you're goal oriented, right? So you set a goal, you hit it, and now you got to, now you got to be, this is the hard part, at least for me, turning it off sometimes. My wife says sometimes you got to stop. You got to turn it off. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see if you can now. It's easy when you can, when you have a big job, right? Because you didn't have to worry about getting paid when you're on vacation. Now you kind of have to worry a little bit, just a little bit. So it's different. It'll be interesting to see where you're at mentally. It's a big struggle for me, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I can see it. I'll, I'll start, I'll feel like I'll just start finding my rhythm and I'm really cranking. And then I look at the clock and it's time to pick up my daughter from daycare. And for me, that's when I have to shut it off. You know, it's, that's, the, that's the time. Um, it's hard. 
Yeah. It's hard, man. And it's hard for me. And I'm, I'm a little before you leaving and it's like, Oh, we're going to the gym at noon. And I'm like, Oh man, I got to stop. I'm in the middle of this. I'm in my zone. Yep. And it's like, Oh, I got to break free and go, but you know what? My wife and I go together. It's a relationship thing. And you know, so dude, you're inspiring me though. I hope, I hope others are so inspired by you because again, you change your circumstance based on your changing your circumstance. Life isn't happening to Torin. Life is happening because of Torin. And that's a very cool thing. That's a cool place to be. Again, back to your friends. How many of them are just running in circles? And they're going to regret this. You know, 20 years from now, they're going to be sitting there saying, oh, my God, what did I do with these 20 years? Right? Oh, inspiring. All right. So if somebody has a follow-up question and want more information, what's the best way they can follow up with you? Um, <clears throat> I guess Facebook. I'm not really trying to... Uh develop a reputation or anything i don't have a youtube channel any of that but um i'm on facebook they can okay and i'll put a link there yeah okay dude i'm I'm pumped for you uh i'm excited i love the fact that you invested in yourself and you went to the rocky mountain reseller conference which is an awesome conference it's coming up again they already announced the dates um amazing place but you make relationships there uh, that you can rely on, right? And you could go back on. The fact that you're doing those things, uh, it's just so powerful to me. I wish you nothing but success, man. Take care. Thanks. Man, what a great guy. Great interview. Great story. Again, be intentional about your life. I mean, this is the kind of guy that you want to get to know. Reach out to him if you resonate with him, if you can connect with him. Because ultimately, that's really what you need to do is to find other like-minded people and become you know, friendly with them, you know, give, 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 expect nothing, and you'll get tenfold back. That's what I'm fortunate enough to do when I get to meet guys like this. And he's such a great guy. So ecommercemomentum.com. Don't forget my sponsors. Don't forget the Toys for Tots things. I mean, we're only, we're close to Christmas. I mean, we're getting close. So many people in need. So please help, 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 you know, just send the receipt to Jeff or send a copy to me, whichever it is, and I'll take care of it. But man, it's just so exciting to see them hit their goal ecommercemomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.